0: Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity.
1: Welcome to the Arrowverse Specials, looking back on these groundbreaking DC series on the CW.
0: Hi, and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk. This is Tony Tolato. I've been reading Superman comics and what I call the Superman family comics for quite some time. And I was disappointed when they came out with a Supergirl movie, That really didn't measure up to what I thought. They also kind of changed the mythology a little bit. But I'm happy now that a series is coming out being done by the same team that did Arrow and The Flash. Justin Cavender from GreatGeekLegacy.com joined the roundtables for Supergirl for me at San Diego Comic-Con. This series is developed by executive producer Greg Berlanti. And he starts off on how they made this series unique.
2: We try and make everyone different. From the other ones, uh, obviously you learn a lot of things. You learn about, I think, just structurally, and you learn about what you think you can pull off with action or visual effects, and, and how to blend the stories, and how to have the the action has to sort of be its own emotional storyline, in the sense that it has to tell you something. It can't just be action for action's sake. So you learn lessons, but we also try and make each one different. You know, so this show, if you take this, and, and the way to do that for me is like, what is the show without the superpowers? You know, when you take the S away, what is it about? You know. And uh, in this instance, we have an adult sibling, female sibling relationship. We have a young, uh, you have a workplace sort of comedy, if you will, uh, you know, and and a young woman trying to figure out her way in the world and find, you know, discover what her story is, you know, what she's meant to be. Uh, And then you have, uh, you know, you have, we have aliens in this, which we don't have on the other shows. So we have that whole sort of, uh, you know, pathway into sort of an intergalactic kind of element of the storytelling.
1: There is more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned.
0: I wasn't too pleased with that Supergirl movie, but however, I am pleased with the fact that the girl who played her, Helen Slater, and Dean Kane, who was television Superman and Lois and Clark, is playing her father.
2: You know, I, I had worked with Dean on a small movie I did back in, like, 1999, so I knew him a little bit, so I asked him, and then uh, Helen Slater, we sent the script to him, we said, you know, we really can't imagine anybody else on the show but you, and obviously we'd have, um, we'd really like to be able to Tell that backstory, but also tell about your life in the present, too. So you'll be seeing more. You know, you're always looking for, I think, just that if, if you close your eyes, and it's it's never a look or a thing, because a lot of times, you know, Grant didn't have Barry Allen's blonde hair, and Melissa certainly isn't as naturally as blonde as the Supergirl you saw in the comic books when you were kids. So um, it really is the essence, I think, you know, and it's that warmth and that strength, at least what I was looking for for Supergirl was just someone that you uh, really represented the best in us, uh, that you could feel emotionally for in terms of like that sense of loneliness she might feel, that she's sort of, you know, here to protect this world, but not of it, you know? Uh, and and uh, she had all that optimism and that hope. I mean, I don't know if she sat at your table yet, but you can get a sense of that when you're just being around her. And, uh, and then so once that happens, you sort of go, well, if we don't cast her, we don't have, we don't, now, that was the person, you know, we can't let them go. And, uh, and and so we didn't let her go <laughs> until, until we got her. So many people I know watch stuff the night of, but watch one thing that's an 8 o'clock show at 8, and then another 8 o'clock show at 9. You know, there's so many different ways. And there's so much competition anyway just to be in TV that you just really have to make the best show you can and then hope that everybody that's meant to be shows up for it. I mean. I've been against enough things with shows that I thought, oh, we're doomed and then the show worked. Or conversely, I thought, oh, this is going to be a cakewalk. And then the other show trounces. So I, I, you know, I, um, I, I really think that, that you know, you, a lot of times both things can work. You know, if, if they make a great show, which they do, and we know that they do, and we make a great show, then I think we'll both be okay. When I came on to Brothers and Sisters years ago, uh, I thought it was going to, but a lot of people around me were like, why are you going on that show, you know? Uh, they're in trouble behind the scenes and all this stuff. But I I watched part of the pilot which we were reshooting and and there was an incredible relationship between Calista Flockhart and Sally Field and I thought that was a TV show and and, uh, it found an audience. And uh, a lot of people thought it would be gone in a couple episodes and it it wasn't. TV is so, because there's been so many different types of genres in television that whether it's law shows or cop shows where there was so many at the same time or you know remember when this little like reality came along and everyone's like oh there's too many reality shows those will go away and they're still going um anyway so I think if you make again if you make a good show for what it is I think it's it's just um you know I grew up watching shows in the 70s and 80s and there were so many great action-adventure shows, you know, and, and I really think of these things, yeah, they have superheroes in them, but they're, they're action-adventure shows, you know, and uh, they've got drama, and they've got relationships, but, you know, it's supposed to be a fun ride, and if you, if you do that, I think I think your audience, you can, if you're lucky enough, you find an audience. So, McCod came in, and he, uh, you know, we, were, we knew we were going to have a James Olsen on the show and that it was going to be, you know, whenever you're doing an iconic character, you're looking for, again, what's the essence of that character, and you knew, okay, this guy's the best friend of the most powerful man in the world. Uh, He's got to be, you know, in in a way, how can he represent Superman on our show, you know? And McCott had that essence of James Olsen or Jimmy Olsen. You know, you imagine, like, oh, in a couple years, I could see Jimmy Olsen growing up to be that guy, you know? Uh, So that was exciting. I think uh, uh, with Kyler... Uh, with Alex, we were looking for, again, someone who, if, if we didn't have Supergirl in the show, could have her own show, you know, and could hold her own opposite this iconic character. We invented this character of Alex. She's not in the comic books. And so, you know, you needed to, to I think, create someone uh, and then cast someone that is interesting on a lot of different levels. And she has all of that. And she could have her own, she could be her own uh, center of her own universe. And so that, that's exciting, too. Uh, David Harewood, is, who's also great, has as Hank Henshaw. I think, you know, just do you imagine, sort of, you have to be the boss of Supergirl. Uh, you need someone who's, like, stern and intimidating, and he has uh, those qualities. But lots of uh, fun surprises. Callista, I worked with on Brothers and Sisters. When we were writing Cat, we actually said, like, we, her name came up. and Which doesn't always happen with me. I don't, I don't think about actors usually until b- we finish the script. Uh, and so um, I sat down with her right after we finished the script and I, I brought it to her. met her at a coffee shop and just said, please do this show. Uh, I know, you're, you know you have lots of other things you could be doing. Um, and, uh, and Jeremy Jordan I've been a big fan of off-Broadway and uh, was really excited to have him in as the character of Wynn. I see all this, these shows as, as, even though it's the origin of Supergirl, It's also an origin story for all these other characters. So even though we know in the comic books, oh, they become this person or they become this person, hopefully, you know, we have all sorts of, it could take a year, it could take six years, it could take 15 years to get the character to that place. And so you're watching all these characters at a different moment in their uh, lifespan. And so, uh, so I think what's fun about that is the show then operates on two different levels. So the people that know the comic books or know the characters, they can appreciate it and like, oh, I know who that guy becomes, or I know who that girl becomes. Uh, and then, you know, it's the same thing, uh, but for someone who doesn't, it's just as the character, you know, as the character is. So it's a nice extra layer, I think, you can add to the shows. You will see, I, I think, I decided that what I'm allowed to say is that, uh, you know, you will see some Superman villains, which I think is interesting. It's not just, uh, you know, uh, because he exists in the universe and it's not going to take much for them to look up at the sky and go, she's wearing the same ass as this other guy and she can fly too. And so it's interesting to bring some of those characters over. Uh, And there will be, you know, a main human foil that you will be hearing about within the next 10 hours and you'll be hearing about the casting on within the next few hours too. And that's exciting.
0: Um, is there is there a way to explain how why
2: Superman doesn't show up when he might be needed? Like if the ships are We down do an episode or? about that actually. Okay. That is our third episode is uh, about that very thing. I think for all the shows, honestly, every year for all the shows, we do that to ourselves. We really do. You know, you, with something like the Flash, you know, we had a great first season we were really proud of. But then you go, all right, well now we have to do a season that's as good as that. So every time you challenge yourself and. and uh, and certainly, every time you do something new, there's that extra pressure of you know reminding everybody, but th- why this is different, you know why it's necessary. We don't want to just do it just because oh, okay we get to do another superhero. Show. It was very much, um, you know, she was a different character for us for a multitude of reasons, and we and we felt like you know it is a the network CBS is as big as they get. We get more money to do the show. You get to do things even bigger, you know, so it's more responsibility in that regard, too. Uh, and, and that, I think, can make it really exciting. The people that have the capacity to do that, to, to tell stories with the song and to be in a musical, which is sort of like a heightened reality, much like this kind of show, they've, they've got that ability to play slightly heightened but still real, you know, and, and uh, I don't think it's any mistake that so many of them are so good at this kind of storytelling, would be my guess. We have the same company that does our flash visual effects, and we'll do our legends visual effects. They started with us. Uh, they started with me on political animals, actually, and a couple of other smaller shows. And tomorrow people, we had done a show called Tomorrow People with them, and uh, uh, we just developed a real working, uh, just a, a shorthand that we were able to bring to some of these other shows. And um, and there's really, I'm not sure we would have been able to do a flash show if if some of that technology hadn't sort of caught up. But if we don't deliver on the promise of the pilot every week, and so we challenge ourselves and we pull our hair out and we're like, how are we going to do this? It costs too much. You know? And then inevitably you figure out like, okay, that's that's what we can pull off. And uh, so no, we're, we're definitely going to hopefully exceed the pilot as we go on. You know, what's so funny is if you have, you know, 10 bucks or if you have $100, you end up spending it all no matter what you have and it always feels like it's never enough. So. Um, I, I, you know I mean I, I obviously I wish people would wait to watch something on air but I'm also uh, enthusiastic by their enthusiasm that they're actually excited enough that that's you know what they're going to but people who know more than I do say oh that's you know a drop in the ratings bucket so as long as all those people you know as long as the majority of them had a good experience and so but in terms of everyone's reaction to the pilot, you go through that all year long because you know, people are always catching up and, and discovering the show. And uh, it, you, that's why you try and really, that's why every decision you make when you're making the pilot counts. So, because you have to, all year you'll, you'll hear from, I mean, these are, people are great fans if they like something, they're honest fans if they don't. And uh, and you'll you'll hear from them if, if something, they don't like something. So we try and make the best show we can and then and then just deal with their actions as they come along. But I didn't want to get any pressure along the way to get, to, to change the title the name of the comic book is Supergirl and, and I go into this and and I don't think it's, I don't want to blame studios or networks or anybody else but they always say that like is it going to play too young? It's called Supergirl and it's a fair question but I wouldn't do a show and then rename you wouldn't rename Batman, you know, like, you know I just, you wouldn't, you know, so, so um, it was important to me to say that and so it was sort of important I think to sort of justify in the, in the text of the script like why, you know why that title still works for the show and this character.
1: Sci-fi talk returns in a
3: moment.
0: And playing James Olsen is Mekot Brooks, who appeared in Alcatraz, Law and Order Special Victims Unit, and True Blood.
3: I mean, the, the script says Supergirl on it, so you kind of have to do that. Um, that's, I mean, I, I, I say that jokingly, but it's, it's, it's true. It's like, you know, like once you see, like I grew up with Batman, Superman, these comics and Archie and like these things, a lot of DC Comics actually. And I, I don't know, I just never thought of myself as ever going to be in the running of playing Jimmy Olsen, you know, just because of the, you know, the iconography of Jimmy Olsen. So when I had the opportunity, I was kind of like, yeah, 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 okay, sure. I'll throw my hat in the ring. Yeah, whatever. And then... Um, you know, got to the next level, met Greg and Allie and like, and Andrew and everybody was just amazing and, and really cool. And they were pushing for me and I was like, really, you, you do know I don't look like him, right? Yeah. And they're like, no, we don't care. And um, just just the amount of support that I had from day one, just even auditioning was was, was unparalleled. So I just really felt like part of the family immediately. You can, I can tease you with the fact that they're teasing me that I don't know anything. Okay. Um, we, we shot the pilot. Yeah. There's a bunch of like you know things that are that are possibly going to happen, and you know we just hope that uh, it goes for a long time so that we can continue to tease people. Well, I mean, the, the, the cool thing is like, you know we, we took it out of Metropolis, put it in National City, which is like our, our own little playground to play in, and like sort of create a mythology for her that's not too far from the comic, but also incorporating what we want, you know, and just having our own autonomy outside of Superman and outside of that world. Um, So I I would imagine with the team of writers that we have and the the level of talent that we have in the acting department that we're going to be able to to really sort of delve into things and and take our time with the stories and take our time with the character developments because we all know who these people are in the comics, right? But we don't know who they are in 2015 on CBS yet. Which is kind of cool and scary for us because we're like, "Am I doing this right? Um, it, should I be doing anything else at all?" Like you know, and it was like, "No, you're good." I'm like, "Really?" I, people are gonna be upset, like, or you know. It, so it's, as an actor, comes sometimes you have like a little, it's a daunting task, like in, in a good way, to you know play an iconic role. And like you really want to do it, uh, give it justice to, to, to what people have in their heads, but at the same time, you have to be yourself. Um, if that answers your question in a very long-winded way. Thank you. Sorry. I'm not well, I don't know if you buy me in a bow tie, you know, you know, <laughs> just like running around like, hey, how you doing? Like, I don't, I don't know if you buy that. But, um, so, I'm of the school of thought that, like, so, I, I, not to compare myself with Tom Hanks whatsoever, but Tom Hanks had this quote once, and he was talking to Buzz Aldrin, I think it was, or, um, and he said, or who, do you, does anyone know offhand who Tom Hanks played in Apollo 13? Was it Buzz? Jim Lovell. Jim Lovell. Okay, well, I'm glad you're here because I just messed that up. Let me start that over. Okay, so Tom Hanks was talking about, that was a rewind, if anyone didn't know. Um, Tom Hanks was talking about, uh, to Jim Lovell, he said, you're an amazing person and I, 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 I'm really honored to play you, but I'm also sorry. And then Jim goes, what do you mean you're sorry? He goes, no matter who you were, they're going to remember you as me. <laughs> And, and it's true. It's so, so it's almost like I, I grew up with Jimmy Olsen in a certain way, and I grew up with Supergirls a certain way, and I grew up with Superman and Batman in certain ways. But we're going to reinvent that, you know, and not not in a disrespectful way, but, but more in a here we are, man. It's like it's 2015, and like you know, obviously I'm I'm not the first in, 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 the, in the I would say the, the obvious choice to play Jimmy Olsen. But I think that's 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 the amazing part. We're coming into a place in society where it's getting a little more colorblind. We're like, we're, we're sort of releasing our, our grandfather's problems, you know? And like it was a very monochromatic existence when Jimmy was uh, created in the 1930s. And um, people just weren't thinking that way. So like I'm really happy to be a part of that change.
0: Do you want to have some kind of
2: nerdy aspect to Jimmy Olsen? I am a nerd. <clears> six so six no
3: matter what, if I'm awake, I'm going to nerd it out, bro. So, I like it. I mean, I may not look like it, but I'm, yeah, I'm a nerd.
2: You're in good company.
3: Oh, uh, cool. Like, I mean, I am, I am of you. <laughs> and my mom's a journalist, so, yeah. I like this kind of stuff. If uh, I can't even, I, I'm actually ashamed that I haven't been here on my own. I saw a couple of my buddies here who were actors, too, and they weren't. They're, they don't have a show on this, right? But they're just kind of like, like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, nerding out. I'm like, oh man, I wish I did that last year, a couple years ago. Because I don't think, I don't, I mean, hopefully, I don't think I'll be able to do that from here on out, which is cool, but I missed it. I really kind of miss it. She flipped, she loved it. She's very proud. She's also, she's also had this thing because my dad's an attorney and I've played an attorney on TV yeah. and I've done this and that. And she's like, you're finally coming home. You're finally playing a journalist, you know? And try to give me a bunch of pointers. I'm like, Mom, he's actually not a real. He's, he's a photo. Journal- Mom, he's a photojournalist. Damn it. <laughs> we'll let you talk. Photojournalist. Okay. Yeah. So she was very happy. Just just because she's actually a Superman comics fan, anyway. And she like and she knew more about the comic than I thought. So she's like, You're playing Jimmy Olsen, the friend of Superman. Like that's the official title. Like wow. And uh, so she still calls me today and goes, Hey Jimmy. You know, so that's cool. She was really proud. It's very cool. Man. Thanks for asking. And he did sometimes actually in the comics he had different superpowers like every week. You know, they would just kind of mess with him. Make him elastic boy and like this guy and this guy. And one time he had bizarro world superman powers, but I think they're gonna do it a little more grounded. Um, But um, I'm gonna get in there and be heroic every now and then. Try to save the day, not get my butt kicked too bad. You know? Some of these villains are pretty strong though. (laughs)
2: Gotta
3: lift some weights. No, thank you guys. We that perfectly. There we This
0: series was co-developed by executive producer Allie Adler, who addresses why they chose television to tell the story of The Girl of Steel.
1: Um, I just think this is, that, that we're getting the opportunity to make every week a uh, Big screen feature on the small screen, and she really just takes up every inch of that screen. Uh, Melissa Benoist is so important, and I have a seven-year-old daughter, and to look and see that she flies and that she takes on, uh, you know, guys and girls and everyday emotional uh, trouble. She she's just very inspirational. Melissa Benoist. In my in my understanding, she. Uh, They came off of Krypton, went into the Phantom Zone. She went into the Phantom Zone, he landed on Earth, went to Kent's, so he's zero. She's 24 years in the Phantom Zone, gets dislodged from the Phantom Zone, crashes, she's 12 years old, the same age as when she left, and he's now 24. So he's a grown man. Then, during, when we start in pilot, she's 24, so he's, Uh, I mean, Superman's age, you you can't get it out of him, but I would say approximately in that range. Well, usually we start with like, what's Kara's journey? What do do we want to see her face emotionally? And then we might find some villain uh, to embody those fears. And then we, you know, bring in her sister or her... Mother or wh- whoever we can populate it with, James Olson, Win Shot, and uh, really complicate things. And it's just it, we're, we're finding this chemistry really interesting to figure out. It's it's a lot of fun, and we have a tremendous group of. I hope I'm saying this a tremendous writers room that we that we're also proud of. I I love that so many people are paying attention to this show and are aware of it. It's so exciting for us. We're so proud of it, and so many people worked so hard to bring this. I mean, the crew just was, like, so inspiring. Um, but what's exciting for us is we look at someone like Melissa Benoist, who is just really the embodiment of a, a young working woman, and she and her values and her um, contagious sort of, like, this is not the right way to say it, like, kindness and love, like, is so um, important in the stories we're telling, that, that that's as important as strength as her strength or her super hearing or x-ray vision or heat vision or freeze breath is also like this tremendous kindness that she carries and that's sometimes as uh, important to solve some of her superhero trouble as, uh, as any of her other superpowers. I mean, we like to tell a standalone story every time but there's certainly elements that will link through each episode if you're following overarching uh, romantic arcs or uh, villain arcs there's something for everyone here, and it's really, I mean, the, the visual effects are spectacular. Armin Kevorkian is like a genius what he does, and, you know, we say, can she fly a plane, or catch a plane in midair and rescue that plane, and he goes, uh, yeah, I think I can do that, and it's really like, a, it's a bunch of people saying, yeah, I think I can do that, and, and we're making something really special. I think we obviously can use humor in, in those emotional scenes, and when she's, Fighting bad guys and bad women—it's—it's uh, it's a little bit more challenging. But what's nice is it's like you take a break from the stakes of those action sequences, and we're always going to come home. And those—the her relationship with her sister—I think is something we don't have on TV right now. It's really exciting. Kyler Lee is the most talented actor, and—and and her in conjunction with Melissa—it's just—it's really interesting television. So we're as proud of that stuff as the, the visual effects. I think what we get to do in the first season is that she gets to be new in whatever ways she's made her powers dormant to whatever extent, and we see them come out in the pilot, and hopefully over the course of the next few episodes, certainly, we'll get to see that she's a little inexperienced at being a superhero. She's not Superman. She doesn't have the history, uh, we refer to the math lesson previously, um, but she doesn't have all the, those years of practicing or of uh, Mon and Pa Kent saying, you can do it, you can be it, you're him, you got this. So what's interesting is to juxtapose these tremendous powers with some genuine feelings of insecurity as, as a character, and it's really, uh, you know, in every episode we're going to explore some, some version of that uh, dynamic.
0: Lastly, she talks about working with DC Entertainment on the series.
1: Oh, they're just so, our our partners in this. They're so helpful, uh, suggesting characters we hadn't thought of, and they have such a, I mean, there's so much stuff. There's 70 years of uh, villains and heroes, and they're just tremendous in uh, giving us ideas on where to go and and how far we can go.
0: Supergirl starts October 26th on CBS. Check your local listings. Special thanks to Warner Brothers and San Diego Comic-Con, and a special shout out to Justin Cavender of GeekLegacy.com. And speaking of GeekLegacy.com, you can see content from all our blogs at GeekInitiative.com. That combines Geek Legacy, Sci-Fi Talk, and two other great blogs, fullbleed.net and The 7th Matrix, with articles, video, and podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.